One ball supporter challenge proudly brought to you by. It's the right time for a fresh approach for the game. I look forward to doing normal things without my mobile phone stuck to my ear seven days a week. Sorry, everybody, it's Warwick Nicholson here. Uh, I think we've got a cross line. Um, I was trying to ring Matt Duncan, and I've and someone else is just... Who's this on the line? Uh, I don't, sorry, I don't, I don't know who you are. Stole the line. It's Nick McInerney, back from the dead. He's got the call-up. He's got the start. Get out of my way, Matthew Duncan. <laughs> well, I, I will say this. I don't know if you've got the call-up. I think you've just made yourself available. But we won't We won't let semantics get into it. Uh, yeah, Nick McInerney, welcome back to the show. I think it's been about two and a half months since we last spoke to you. Man, it has been a long time between shows. Uh, well, it's, it's been pretty crazy um, over on my end, but I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back, mate. This is uh, episode 110 of Not The Footy Show, the round 14 preview. And of course, State of Origin 2 is uh, this time next week. Will the Blues tie it up at one all, or are Queensland going to make it seven in a row? Mac Nicanerny, we're going to go through the teams in just a second, but I want your 30-second wrap of what, how you saw Origin number one. Well, I I loved the start, the intensity, um, the the way the boys were playing. We just looked to have Queensland on the ropes, and I I don't remember a start to an Origin game like that. But I don't I don't really I'm not I'm not one of those guys who remembers games real vividly, but I can't remember that feeling last year. I was watching the game this um, round one, the first game, and I was thinking, wow, we are in this game, and then turning point, Jennings gone. That for me was absolutely just devastating, crucial schoolboy error. Runs from, he tucked the third man by day and came in with a swing and haymaker and obviously we're going to cop the try man down against such quality. Um, another one, Carney kicking, not kicking, not finding touch on the penalty. Yep. Uh, massive mistake. Um, I still thought we fought long and hard and we were definitely in the match, but I, I, I would definitely say if Jennings doesn't go there, um, we, we are extremely close to winning that game. Okay, so we get, we get dudded <laughs> by the Ingles' decision in chances of winning the match, but let's move to Origin 2, mate. So your feeling was we played pretty well in Game 1, had him on the rack for a fair bit of the game and didn't get the job done because Jennings left us a man short. I can understand Brain that. Snap. Brain snap, big time. <laughs> I can understand that viewpoint, but let's go to Game number 2. It's uh, next Wednesday night at ANZ Stadium. The Blues have made... I think two changes. Tony Williams and Bureau are gone. Um, and uh, Tim Grant starts at prop. Paul Gallon starts in the back row. And Anthony Watmo is back in the team after getting punted last game. Your, your initial thoughts on those two changes. Do you think that uh, Grant and Watmo is an improvement over Bureau and Williams? Well, I definitely... Well, I, I... I mean, I think everyone's, everyone's put it out there in the media that Bureau are getting, what do you get, seven minutes? Unfortunately, like it doesn't matter um, five and a half. That's a disappointing part. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't really... Uh, there, was, there was a lot of uh, lot of talk about why he was picked in the first place. It should have been this guy, that guy instead. He didn't get many minutes, so I think it's a it's a great change to have Watmo come in. Not that Bureau did himself any disservice, but um, he just didn't... He didn't really even factor into the game plan, so why was he there? Um... 
What mate? Fantastic Origin player, even though we call him the human turnstile. Um, he's a big game player. I think he'll have a big impact off the bench. Um, and Tim Grant, man, the guy's been going absolutely gun for his um, for his club side. And if you look at that, Tamau, Grant, and Gallon is a pretty formidable pack. Like that. Yeah, and yet Trent Marion, I thought, played pretty well in game number one. Um, mm. Look, we discussed it before on the show, but Ben Cray, once again, not sure what role he's going to play. He's not going to play his classic club role, so he's going to be pretty useless out there in terms of for his impact. And that's the reason that it's surprising he stayed in the team. But the thing that I wanted to really um, ask you was, Tim Grant has had about three good games of football since coming back from a calf injury. Aaron Woods has had a great season. Do you think Aaron Woods was dudded by getting uh, Tim Grant go ahead of him based on three games? Well, uh, I, I think that might be a bit unfair. Aaron Woods still still coming up. I mean, he did have a great season. He's been playing very well. Um, but Tim Grant, a little bit more experience probably, a um, little bit more of a safe decision probably for Ricky. I think if he goes with Tim Grant and he doesn't necessarily... Have an, have an impact, which I think he will because he's just that sort of type of solid player. Um, say he doesn't, no one's really going to be up in arms going, oh, you shouldn't have picked him. Uh, whereas if he goes with Aaron Woods and he gloves a, a rookie, especially as a young bloke, I think he's, he's definitely like in the line of fire a bit more. So I can understand where Ricky's going with it, and I'm, I'm, I honestly don't have, a, don't have a problem with him putting Grant in the firing line there. I'm pretty happy with Grant being us. there. I think he would have been game one if it had he been fit. I just think it's yeah. interesting that it's taken three weeks of Grant's form to push him past basically a whole season of Woods playing great footy. And the other thing about rookies in origin, mate, um, James Tamau went all right in game number one. Now, Queensland... Oh, yeah, Queensland have um, made no changes to their 17. There is doubts over Matty Scott. Ashley Harrison apparently is also carrying injury but will play. Uh, Matt Scott's uh, mother, I believe, has been um, diagnosed with a, a um, serious condition and he's up there with her this week. Uh, he'll make a decision by the weekend whether he's going to play. I think all indications are that he will play, uh, barring any tragic um, circumstances up there. And Corey Parker is the 18th man. He was He's travelling with the team at the moment. He won't play unless Matt Scott pulls out. So if you worry about Dream Team and the like everybody, don't. Corey Parker will play on Sunday against the Roosters. Surprisingly enough, no Queensland changes. A couple of things with Wales. Looking at the markets, mate, $2.03 the, the Blues head-to-head against the Queensland Maroons for a dollar eighty-two. And I don't see this game being a blowout either way. Um, I think you, one of twelve New South Wales are three dollars and five cents, and Queensland are two dollars ninety. So pretty even on there. What's your gut feel right now, mate? Who wins, New South Wales or Queensland? Right now, I think New South Wales. Um, I think if, oh, mate, if we if we get done in this game, well, it's just going to be the biggest hit to our confidence. Um, I think the boys will have gained a lot of confidence from the first game. They definitely competed and stayed in that game for the, the full 80 minutes and we've come down to that English try, really. Um, you know, if it wasn't, that could have gone either way. And for me, I'm still I'm still a bit burned and I still look at that and say, oh, mate, that's a knock on any day of the week. I understand the technicality of the rule, but what, what to me, the ball's come loose, it's gone forward, knock on. Anyway, yeah. we've got to move on from that. But I honestly think the, the Blues will be sub for this game, home crowd. I think we'll, I think we'll get a bit and But like you say, it's not gonna, I don't think it'll be high scoring I think it'll be extremely close. It'll just be an absolute batter fest up the middle. Um, just a hard, hard yakka, classic origin game. Really looking forward to it. Now, Ricky Stewart, uh, it's his second year in charge. Uh, odds are, if they got beaten, he's still looking for a club job. And it's funny that I should bring that up because I have eyes on the other line. Let's just go to him now. I'll kick my dinner after. All right, everyone, let's kick off Not the Footy Show, episode 110 with Eyes, the kid who sees all. He's a devoted Canberra fan, and I believe you're hearing some mail about the Canberra coach, Eyes. Yes. What are you hearing? I'm hearing that 
David's phone is going to get kicked out. Oh, why is that? Because he's been going at, going out of games. He's been losing too many games, hasn't he? Hmm. Yeah, and who's going to replace him? Ricky Ferner. <laughs> Not Ricky Ferner. Try Ricky Stewart. <laughs> Ricky Stewart. <laughs> yeah, after Origin... The, uh, the, I believe your information is, buddy, that he's going to come in after Origin and take over the Canberra Raiders. So Ricky Stewart's going to be the new Canberra coach. What do you think about that? Good. Yeah, hopefully he can get at least one win for us and uh, get rid of the frog back to reserve grade. Exclusive, breaking, developing, official, delicious. Oh, my gosh. Wazza has been calling this for at least 7,000 years since <laughs> Ferner stepped in, and I has delivered the final blow on what seems like Ferner's career at, uh, as a coach over there. Mate, you must be ecstatic. I don't know where Eyes gets his mail from, um, but whatever he's, he's hearing... He's got some connections. Whatever he's hearing, I, I like it. I like the sound of it. Ricky Stewart in his Canberra coach after Origin. What are your thoughts, mate? Oh, mate, well, I know how frustrating it's been for you to watch the, the very similar style of play. It, it, it just seems to be pretty negative, pretty defensive. And we've spoken many, many times, and I've likened it to the, some of the coaching I've had in my own soccer careers, where it's, <laughs> these coaches just have this negative attitude where they think if we, just, if we just defend, 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 we'll be all right because we'll score points just on the back of possession and, and territory. But that's not how it works. I think the best, I've always thought in any sport, the best form of defense is attack. If you cannot punch holes in people, it's just inevitable. If you just keep defending, 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 that teams will crack you under pressure or fatigue. So, mate, I think it's a great decision for Canberra to finally move on. They've given him, I think they've given him the fairest run possible. Yeah. Like, I don't think, when was, when was the last time you guys finished um, up, up anywhere near the, the eight with, with Ferner? How's his record? Winning record's under 40%, I believe. Um, under 40%. And we had that run in what's 2000. The highest, what's the highest you finished? Well, we, uh, we had that run in 2010 where we finished sixth. Um, and I think we got to the um, semi final, second week of the semi finals. And then Campo did his knee in that semi final yeah. against yeah. the Tigers. Uh, look, and that year, everyone forgets. <clears throat> pardon me. Yes, Campisi was fit, but Campisi was fit for the first half of the season, and Canberra had won five from 15 games, I think it was, at that stage. Mm. So uh, it wasn't like the season was going fantastic. Um, the, the runs aren't on the board, regardless of whether Campisi's been hurt the last two years or not, is irrelevant, because you just have to watch how Canberra play. It's not interesting, it's uninspiring, and this team is playing right now like a team that has no inspiration coming from the coach. And I mean, I'm not saying that they would be playing much better with somebody else in charge, uh, but I think they'd have a bit more optimism that they might actually change their game plan and attack. I mean, Edric Lee's been in first grade for two weeks and you think he's touched the ball three times. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very frustrating playing that defensive style of football. Anyway, the point we all know is... that a new coach comes in, new mentality, new regime, you've got to impress him. At, at the very least, they'll all have to step up their attitudes in uh, work ethic in training and games just to, just to get a Gandhi. Uh, let's hope that Ricky brings in a little bit more of his attacking flair. Well, I think this is the thing that everyone's going to bring up is say, oh, Ricky Stewart struggled at the back end of the Roosters once Fittler retired. Uh, Ricky Stewart didn't win with the Sharks. But everyone's got to remember, you, as a coach, you do you work with what you got. And that Roosters team that he had, his number one half at that stage was, um, granted, Brett Finch. I actually rated Brett Finch, but he struggled to take over the mantle of uh, Fittler. And they didn't have that bad a thing. But what happened to the Roosters, basically, is they ran out of steam. They'd played a certain up-tempo defence for three or four or five years, and eventually it just catches up with you. He went to the Sharks, who had that very defensive team. 
Um, won through defence in 2008, got him all the way to the preliminary final where they choked against the Storm. And the next year they lost Kamali to the Dogs and they lost any of the attacking spark. And you can't win, again, if you just go with defence. He goes to Canberra and they've got enough attacking pieces in that side that if with, oh, the, right, definitely. Yeah. with the right coach and an improved defence, there's no doubt they've got to improve their defence. There's no like, You've got to improve your defence. That's bottom line of anything. But there's enough attacking spots in that team that with Stewart, who has played enough attacking football to know how to be an attacking coach, I, I refuse to believe that he's purely a defensive coach. I think you'll see an improved camera next year. Will they make the playoffs? I don't know. Um, will playoffs? They... <laughs> playoffs? Will they do anything more than... Uh, they'll, they'll be a better team than they were this year, that's for sure. And interesting, Definitely. if he does end up taking over um, after Origin, uh, it'd be interesting to see how Canberra end their season because we've looked at the table before, mate. Um, you know, there's not any points separating our teams like 3 through 13, so who knows what can happen mate, in Canberra. If I... If I hear that term log jam in reference to that ladder one more time, I tell you, I might have to start headbutting walls. Okay, but um, it's pretty close in there, and there's no reason why any team in the in the bottom half couldn't make it into the top half with a decent run home. So what's the word? When is he going to take over after Origin? Uh, yeah, I would imagine say? if um, East South Wales lose game two, expect the rumours to uh, and the talk to really bubble to the surface, and it wouldn't surprise me if he made an announcement before game three. If they win game two, you won't hear anything. Pardon me, you won't hear anything. Until, yeah, after, have to focus on origin. until after game three, but what you might see is you might see Justin Morgan take over for David Ferner in the lead up Ooh. to uh, Stuart taking over. Quickly, mate, um, the Gallop needs a job. It's a new segment here on Not the Footy Show. It's oh. clearly styled after the Farmer Wants a Wife. Um, David Gallop got sacked yesterday. Uh, quick one, just a very quick reaction. What are your thoughts? Well, I was shocked. I mean, I don't really, I'm not in the, in the media, obviously, uh, that well connected in the uh, NRL circles, but. Uh, I think the guy's done a great job. Um, he stands up to a lot of criticism. Everybody on earth who ever talks about his position says it's going to be the most unwanted and difficult position in the NRL. Um, and just having re-signed that contract is like out of, actually out of nowhere. Um, yeah, so in, in, I think just shock, mate. I was just stunned. Um, but apparently the commission that he's, he's appointed and worked so hard to appoint is... Um, pretty much turned around and said, "Giving him the flick, they don't have any faith in him." That's, I mean, that's the that's the word on the street. What's what are your uh, what are you hearing? Well, you have to hear that as I speak with uh, DC and May Duncan later on, because I can't take all the gold. But essentially, oh, um, what would you uh, what, if you were DG Dave Gallup? Uh, what would you do next? Mate, I think with his uh, outstanding delivery and his. Uh, his tone and his facial expressions, I think he should go into stand-up comedy. I think he'd be an absolute hit. Exclusive, breaking, developing, official, delicious. <laughs> Very good. Maybe even Speaker of the House or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, I'll go a few more ideas. The most animated gentleman you've ever seen. <laughs> a few more ideas as we go through the night. Getting your tips for round 14, buddy. Um, you've been actually tipping quite well lately. Congratulations. Not too bad, not too bad. Hanging in there. Uh, you're just doing what I'm doing. I've adapted the uh, adapted myself to the DC Chapman School of Tipping. Just pick favourites and it's working beautifully. That's the one, man. Um, That's the one. Storm and Tigers Friday night. Oh, everything in me wants to pick the Storm, but with all those players out, I think I have to go with the old Tigers. The Tigers have no excuse to, uh, to, to lose this one, so go the Tigers. Knights and Raiders? I have to go the Knights, just simply because the Raiders aren't giving me enough to tip them. No, uh, Sharks and Titans. I'm actually going to go to the Titans. Um, the Titans seem to have found 
a way to win. I, I'm not convinced they're playing great football, and the Sharkies last time around without Gallon and Carney were just awful. Um, surely they'll pick it up this time around, but I think the Titans will have enough. Okay, Roosters and Broncos. This is a tough one as well. Um, I looked at the lineups pretty closely, and even though the Broncos have several players out, they've still got a pretty good team out there, and I still haven't seen enough from the Roosters this year to pick them, so I'm going to Broncos. And finally, the Panthers take on the Warriors on Monday. That'll be the Warriors. I, uh, yes, Penrith, another team that are just a bit on Struggle Street um, without Lewis and Grant. Um, big trouble for them, I think. Okay, and finally, mate, special fried rice. Do you have first selection? Who do you want? Ooh, special fried rice. Well, I can taste it already. <laughs> I think, I think, I actually may have texted you another team, but I think, can I change it? You can change whoever you like. Oh, I can change. I might go to the Warriors. I'm going to look in the Warriors. Okay, Warriors for Mac Nick and Ernie. Well, Mac Nick and Ernie, James Blunt was singing it last week, but... And uh, expect to see you in, what, August? Yeah, something like that. You know, pencil it in. Uh, very good. Uh, Nick McInerney, thanks for being on the show. Everybody loves having you back on. Uh, a different view of rugby league is always welcome here on Not The Footy Show. And, uh, mate, I hope to speak to you maybe even after Origin Number 2. Oh, mate, let's hope so. It's been a pleasure being back on. Thanks for having me, Wanda, and thanks to the fans. Yeah, they, uh, all three of them that kept asking for you to come back. It's... I can hear them. I can hear them going crazy. Oh, fantastic. We'll leave you with some more James Blunt. And goodbye, Mac McInerney. See you later. Cheap, nasty, and downright boring. Okay, it's time for DC Chapman here on Not The Footy Show. Uh, yeah, big news out of uh, Mac Nicanone's interview. Uh, wonder how DC Chapman will react to the news that David Gallup needs a job. Hello, oh, the person you are trying to reach Fantastic. Well done, DC Chapman. Leave your phone on when you were speaking to you, mate. Um, I guess we'll have to try Matty Duncan next, everybody. I'll give DC Chapman one more chance. Let's see what we get. Speaking, it's Warwick Nicholson speaking. How are you? Good, thank you very much. How are you? Uh, very good. Uh, we just tried to ring you 30 seconds ago and we got straight to your message bank. What's going on? I was in my phone, it was in my pocket, and I was wondering because I was jumping around playing, um, was it, what do you call it, Connect Star Wars. <laughs> so you were, you were playing computer games instead of wanting to talk for Not The Footy Show. That's a commitment I like, my friend. Well, it's, it's a very good game, Warwick. It's pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, can you just uh, give our, our listeners a quick snapshot of what you have to do? You've got to be a rancor and go on these rampages, and you've got to jump up and down and clap your hands together and smash the ground, and there's another one that's pod racing, which is really cool, which is, you know, like a car racing game, and then you've got to have lightsaber duels, and it's, it's very cool. So it's a pretty quiet game, then? <laughs> jumping around and screaming. And well, I must admit, I have to point out to everybody at the moment that it is uh, half past eight, on a school night, and DC Chapman, forget the kids, come out, play with me, 
and he's jumping around his house like a crazy man. I love it. But we have to talk about someone who's going to have more time to spend with his kids as well, and that's David Gallup. Yeah, the big news. Big news. I, I don't really understand what's happened. I mean, apparently, the new, from, from what you read in the newspaper, the, the clashing heads with you know, the independent commission, and, and so he, he stood down and said, use the, it seems like he's using the excuse, well, it's time for new blood. But really, it seems like it's just because they don't get along. Well, that's how the papers, particularly the Telegraph, have been spinning it. If you if you read or you watch the press conference, essentially how I read the read what John Grant said and what David Gallup said is this: the Independent Commission was a long time coming. It took a long time to happen, and the reason it took a long time to happen is because the NRL has it, how it was run was through about three different boards: the New South Wales Rugby League, Queensland Rugby League, and the ARL. Yeah. And yeah. the clubs didn't want to. What clubs wanted it immediately? The boards didn't want to give up their power. Fox, uh, Fox Sports or uh, Murdoch, News Limited were involved. All these little things had to happen. And, and essentially, David Gallup had for 10 years learnt how to uh, live in this structure and manage in this structure. And the fact that it took two years or two and a half years for this independent commission to happen says to me that, you know, however you, you view David Gallup's tenure, it was hard for him to get things done quickly. And, yeah, absolutely, and, yeah. And the ARLC... And, that, and that's been the main thing that people have been saying. Well, exactly. the main thing. And so the, the ARLC, who have got John Grant, who has been running a company and obviously came in, and as anyone would, as the chairman of the ARLC, you'd want to know as much information as you can. He would have been day-to-day with um, David Gallup, meeting with him, seeing how things are done. Now, they couldn't appoint anybody else as the, NRL, the ARLC CEO um, four months ago because... Let's be fair. He knew he was across everything. He's yeah, the one that's right. Yeah. But they're at a stage now where they're about to go to a media rights deal. Um, they're about yep. to take the game in a direction where um, the clubs have a lot more say. Um, the clubs have a lot more ability to make things happen quicker. This, the management structure is changing. Now, David Gallup will we'll go through a couple of things that he's presided over, but essentially, and this is the, the buzzword, and I'll, I'll chat more about it with Matty later, but the buzzword is reactive. Okay. That's what I was going to get to before, reacting and instead of proactive. Exactly, and, and, and the problem with that is that that's how he's had to manage because he's always had to serve like four masters and each time he's come up with a yeah. thing. So the RLC, led by Grant, has gone, well, we're across this now. We understand the process. We've been here for four months. We have to start being a different management structure. We have to be starting a different beast. If we're going to take rugby league to whichever level they think they can take it, and this is the clubs pushing this, remember, then you need, a yep. new, you need a new CEO, someone who is probably fresh on that ideas and isn't tied to a certain management style. Now, that's not saying that what David Gallup did for the last 10 years has necessarily been wrong. or Because it was exactly right. He achieved what he could in those 10 years. And he did some, some yeah. great things. He did some things that people aren't sure about. But essentially, the long story short is Grant knew he needed someone different. There's a big question mark who that's going to be. But what I want to do with you, buddy, was go through some of the incidents, I guess, that had happened with uh, David Gallup. And we're going to start yep. with, the, with the first one that he faced. And that was back in 2002 when the Bulldogs got done for cheating. Now, if you recall, the Bulldogs had won 15 or 16 games in a row. They were on their way to the minor premiership. They got done mm-hmm. for cheating. They lost 38 points. They got fined, I think, half a million bucks. And Gallup's one of his first things he had to ever do was this decision. Did he get it right with the Bulldogs back in 2002, in your opinion? You know my answer to that. I don't like cheaters. <laughs> oh. I, I, I know it's a very hard position to be in. 
because because of the way you know it's it's a business and a company made up of a whole heap of different businesses and companies. But in any other company, in any other situation, if you get caught cheating that bad, if you get caught doing committing fraud like that, you, you get kicked to the curb. You're gone. That's it. Yep. You get sacked. Yeah, and that's what happened to so, them. They got. I know. I know you can't do that to a club. But the bottom line is the, the punishment for that type of thing has to be as harsh as possible. Well, this is the question: is that was the first one he did? Was it as harsh as it should have been? Because remember, within three, within two seasons, the dogs won the competition with relatively the same yeah. roster. Um, and then we fast forward, and I'm not, I'm not ignoring the ones in between, but we fast forward to the Melbourne situation. Um, Melbourne had already won two competitions; they'd made um, a couple of grand finals as well, and they lose their competitions. They get fined heaps of money. They all their players effectively. You could see that the level of um, decision was a little bit harsher because they had to lose Greg Inglis, they had to lose a few other people. Um, did he get it better? Did he get it right to a more extent the second time with um, the Melbourne Storm? In your opinion, did he get? Did he do a better job in punishing the Melbourne Storm? Well, it's hard to say. I think I think he actually did learn from the first one um, and sort of make it as harsh as he can. But, I mean, there were different circumstances because Melbourne Storm got found to be cheating over the five years. Yep. And so it's a very easy decision to say, whatever you won during that five years, we've got to strip you of those titles. Um, and he learnt from it in that he then said, well, I don't care if you get underneath the salary cap, you still have your team broken up to a degree. Um, and I don't know if that was ever officially made a rule, but that was definitely always understood and it was sort of made to happen um, because of, and I think as a direct result, because of what happened with the Bulldogs. So I think he weren't, uh, you know, or, or maybe was in a different position and was able to do it more than more so than what, what happened back in 2004. Subplot of this, uh, there's some talk, don't know where it's founded from, there is some talk that now that David Gallup is gone from the ARLC and the clubs have power, that the Melbourne Storm are going to push to get their two competitions back. Thoughts on that? If that happens, I'll, I'll go on a shooting rampage. <laughs> um, ducks. Oh, I'm duck, serious. Duck, oh, I'm not duck, serious. Duck, duck's on like, on Connect, would it? You mean on Connect, don't you? You mean on Connect, the game? Yeah, shoot on that thing? <laughs> yeah, I'll become a rancor. Okay. Fair enough point. We have to go to the other one, mate, which was the other, I guess, negative one. There was a, there was the Coffs Harbour scandal, which nothing was ever proven. Then there was the Brett Stewart scandal. Now, this is the one that I wanted to bring up. Now... Essentially, and we can't go too detailed because it's shrouded in mystery, what Brett Stewart did or didn't do isn't more up to the question. It's whether he was drunk or not at the season launch. That's what he was punished for. Um, And for the last three and a half years, the Manly Club and all their fans have hated David Gallup. Do you think he got that one right with Brett Stewart? You've got to remember, at the time, the public reaction to it was that Brett Stewart is guilty yep. anyway. And that, that was what David Gallup reacted to, and maybe he wasn't right to react to that. But when the public outlash is that bad, you've got to do something. Um, <laughs> so I know there's a whole innocent until proven guilty, and the bottom line is Brett Stewart has not been charged with anything or has not been uh, committed of anything, I suppose. Um, whether or not that's for... Just because of lack of evidence, and that doesn't mean that he didn't do it. Righty, righty, right. Allegedly. Yep. Uh, 
I, 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 I remember thinking at the time, I'm not too upset by the way he's reacted with it. I, I do think he then carried on a bit further. Well, it seemed to be worse than what it was because he, I think from memory, what happened was Stewart got suspended for the four weeks and then he came back for half a game and got injured yep. for another. And missed the rest of the year. And missed the rest of the year. So it seemed like he had been punished for a whole year. And he hadn't. And that, that wasn't actually the case. Yeah. We, we've got to be careful um, what we say about what was done and what was doesn't. What wasn't, but the rule or the, the statement from Gallup, as far as I remember, was essentially that he'd been done for disorderly conduct. Um, he was also had just been named the face of the game as well, if you recall. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there plenty of reasons that he deserved to get some sort of suspension. The issue apparently is that Gallup never never apologised because eventually Stewart got cleared and. And to me, I don't know, the way that Glenn Stewart reacted on the, um, the stage at the grand final was very disappointing. Yeah, I didn't like um, that. And I'm not saying that necessarily that David Gallup was the nicest bloke in the world. I don't know. I've never met him. But the point is, um, if you're manly, the best thing you can do right now is never talk of it again. Um, at the moment, or well, from now on, David Gallup is, a, is, a, is an afterthought in rugby league. So um, you need to understand that, get away from it, leave it alone. And if you do that, then I guess the, the, the light that some people view manly in relation to this, will disappear. So good luck to him, by all means. Um, the old uh, Manly Club and David Gallup and everything. But these are the kind of ones that you just move on and you go away from. Let's move on as well, mate. A couple of the positive things, I guess, that he may or may not have introduced in the NRL. Um, he added the Gold Coast in 2007 uh, as the 16th team. Yes or no? It was a good decision? Um, expansion, yes. And Gold Coast at the time, I thought, yes. However, in, in recent episodes and recent, you know, things that have happened, evidently it might not have been the best decision. Yeah, you, um, were, you, you got the feeling that they went to um, the Gold Coast on a lot of promises money-wise, whereas a team like the, the Central Coast Bears or even if they'd been given a chance, uh, Perth or, or whatever, to really put a bid together might have been better long-term options. Uh, I hope the Gold Coast embraces rugby league again there. They did for a little period. The team struggled. They stopped turning up. Um it just seemed like it was the promise of money that made that decision happen. Um, the other one is... The it was also the one yep. of where they wanted to expand to, and they just were sort of like... A, it, it almost seemed like, well, we want to expand to the Gold Coast, so we'll just expand there and make it work. But then how much control do they really have to make it work? Yep. Okay, let's go to the next couple. Uh, NRL All-Stars, mate. Good decision. Oh, yeah, I love the NRL All-Stars. Okay. But uh, that was, was that really his thing that he did no, uh, sort it, of go along with it when someone else brought it up? Yeah, they were. I mean, it, something like that was a good was a good move, but um, it's not a unique idea. But it's good that they've uh, adapted something like that. Um, Golden yeah, Point. Yeah, that's was, right. They're moving yep. forward and trying new things. Golden Point was introduced in two thousand and three. Yes or no? I like the Golden Point. I love the draw. I think, I think, I'm, I'm, old, I'm old Golden school. Point, right? I love the draw. If you can't win in eighty minutes, you don't deserve two points. Um, two referees in two thousand and nine. I like that. I think that's worked well. And uh, finally, uh, losing players like Wendell Saylor, Matt Rogers. Um, I think those. I think those two may have been just before he came on. But they also lost Carmichael Hunt, Israel Folau to rugby uh, to AFL. Um, do you think he should have done more to hold on to him? If, if, if he could have, yes. But what, what more could he have done? Yeah, there's a lot of money going towards him, wasn't there? And the thing is, the way that you stop that from happening in the future is by getting yourself a big TV deal. And he's been pushing for that. So he is, he is actually doing the right thing to try and avoid that in the future. 
Okay. You've got to trace it. It's about money. It's not about anything else. It's about money. Yep. Um, and if, if we get more money from the TV deal, then we can pay our players more and problem solved. Now, poor old David Gallup won't be around for the final uh, TV deal. Uh, the last one he negotiated, rugby league, got $500 million for six years. Now, the next thing he does, though, mate, the, the Gallup wants a job, or the Gallup needs a job. Um, <laughs> mate, what's your suggestion for DG? My suggestion of what he does next is, you know, a little, little hut on the beach in Tahiti and <laughs> just, you know, just relax with your... Because surely he's a pretty wealthy man. Surely he can invest in the right sort of places and have the money keep on coming in and he can just sit, sit on pina coladas on the beach all day. <laughs> so, just do that for the rest of your days. Yep. But, but I think he comes across as the type of guy who's quite driven and quite... Uh, I don't know how you say it, enthusiastic with, I don't know, he's a businessman. He's going to want the next challenge. He's going to want the next thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I reckon McDonald's. Flipping burgers. Flipping burgers. DG wants to flip burgers. There's DC Chapman's suggestion. Can I say at the outset, I love the game and I wish it well. The job has been a great privilege and I've loved watching the game's resurgence over the last 10 years. My recipe's always been a simple one. Two old beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. My next suggestion, mate, is, um, you know how the term reactive came up before? Yeah. I reckon he should take Homer's job on The Simpsons. Uh, he's just sitting in a nuclear power plant just reacting to... Whatever happens, I think, he, I think I think he'd be outstanding at that job. Um, that's right up his alley. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Arctic barrel rolling. They're so hot and glowing. We'll die. So DC Chapman, there is our chat on DG and DG. Well, the Gallup needs a job, and Dave's suggestion is flipping burgers at McDonald's. Round fourteen tips are required, my friend, on Friday night. You know what? Yep. In all seriousness. In all seriousness, didn't he get some pretty big offers from the likes of the A-League and cricket and whatnot in order to go and be the head for them? I don't recall. I mean, I don't remember really being all that concerned if he did, but um, I don't really recall. It was never, I don't think it was an option that he was going to leave, but I, there have been other sporting codes over the years that, that, that want him, and, and surely now that he's available, surely they'll make bids for him. And just quickly, on, on David Gallup, He's done a good job in the time we said at the top of our interview. Um, he's done a good job for what he was able to do, um, but I do believe it is time for someone a new round fourteen, buddy. Storm and Tigers. I know. The Tigers. Uh, Knights and Raiders. Knights. The Sharks and the Titans. I'm going the Titans. Ooh, the Roosters and the Broncos. Broncos. And the Panthers take on the Warriors. Yeah, I'm going Warriors. Okay, now I can tell you that uh, Mac McInerney, who was on the show, believe it or not, he was on the show. Um, James Blunt found him, so I'm very happy. Um, uh, special James Friday... Blunt found him? Well, if you listen to last week's show, mate, you'd understand the reference. But... Oh, that's of course, yes, 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 yes. Where are you now? Um, special, <laughs> special Friday rides. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's basically. Um, it's a get this reference if people uh, listen to that show. Uh, 
Warriors, he's taking the Warriors as fried rice. Who do you want? Can I, can I take New South Wales? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> really? You can pick them, and I'm going to ask you that question just before we left, but um, who do you want as your fried rice? Come on. Sorry, who did Nick take? Uh, Warriors. Oh, there was a, which was the easy one that I thought? What, what, what was the second game you asked me? Okay, you've taken Tigers, you've taken Knights, you've taken Titans, you've taken Roosters, uh, Broncos, and you've taken Warriors. Knights. Okay, Knights for DC Chapman. All right, buddy, uh, Origin next Wednesday night. Uh, Nick likes the Blues. Uh, he's gone through the teams, etc. Quick, quick, quick. Summation on how you think the teams are? Very similar to last time with a few changes and, and both <laughs> changes are pretty good. Insightful stuff. Uh, can we beat Queensland? Yes. Are you if more... Are you more ground, are you, so you're more confident than you were in game one? Well, surely they can't make that many mistakes again, was they? Surely <laughs> they're going to wake up and not make that many schoolboy errors and when they do, they'll get on top of them and they'll steamroll them and they'll do well. Okay, Todd Carney, is he going to play better? Surely. Surely he'll be better for, his, for, the, for the first to hit up. All right, DC Chapman, thanks for being on the show, buddy. Thanks for talking about uh, some of Gallup's uh, work in the NRL in the last 10 years. And uh, I still can't believe you reckon he should go and flip burgers at McDonald's. I love it. The Gallup <laughs> needs a job. It's a, new, it's a new show on Channel 9. Look away for it at the end of this year. DC Chapman, thanks for being on the footy show. Enjoy your league, lovers. Okay, so we've got eyes here, and mate, unfortunately, the Raiders got done by the Tigers, forty points to nil. The Raiders were lucky to score zero. Yeah, they were. Did very, very well. Good to see Jared Croker hold on to his spot. How good's the frog going? Excuse me, Daddy, I'm doing my tips. <laughs> buddy, we have to get your tips for round number fourteen. Guess what, buddy? What? You got none right last week. What? Everyone was wrong. Everyone was wrong. It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Did you get wrong? I got four from seven. Ugh. And you got zero from seven. Come on. No, seriously, you got zero from seven. Ugh. Oh, well, we can do better this week. If you get like if you get like five from five this week, that's just awesome, okay? Okay. Okay, Friday night, we've got the Storm playing the Tigers. Then we have the Knights versus our Raiders. Raiders. Then we've got the Sharks versus the Titans. Titans. Then the Roosters against the Broncos. Roosters. And then finally, on Monday, we have the Panthers and the Warriors. The what? The Panthers and the Warriors. Panthers. Ooh, very, very good. So, buddy, do you think if Ricky Stewart becomes the Canberra coach that Canberra can make the finals next year? Yes. Okay, there's two bold predictions from Eyes. The kid who sees all, how dare you go against what he predicts. Eyes, we will speak to you next week here on Not The Footy Show. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye-bye. Okay, there he was, DC Chapman. I will be speaking to Matty Duncan in a matter of moments here on Not The Footy Show. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true.
happy birthday to your state. Happy is it is it your happy birthday, Queensland Day? Is that what it is, mate? That's exactly it, Wazza. It's your nailless, mate. Many happy returns. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've, there's a lot of theories going around why it's Queensland Day. Um, you've probably got a few, but I believe that the strongest suggestion yet is that it's uh, to celebrate the uh, reminder to Greg Inglis of which state he actually uh, plays for. Yeah, that's a good one, Wads. Yeah, yeah, thanks, mate. Um, it takes long to ride that one. It, it took about 30 seconds walking up the stairs after a coffee this morning. Um, Some of your best gear. Indeed. Uh, buddy, what, why has Queensland got their own day? Because here in New South Wales, every day is New South Wales Day. Is that right? No, well, you know what we're celebrating. It's when we break away from New South Wales. It's not to do with the Queen's Diamond Jubilee or anything like that? No, separate to that was, nothing to do that. It's when we said we've had enough of you cockroaches and we drew the line there at the tweed, mate, we're away. Now, can, can I mean, let's let's get a bit political or topical or, or something here on the footy show. Mate, I know that we, we joke and we jest and, and we, we talk about the differences between New South Wales and Queensland, especially at this time of year. Do you reckon there's ever going to be a day where we see a Quebec kind of situation uh, like it is in Canada where Quebec wants to be its own country slash nation slash second France and it wants to get away from the rest of Canada. Do you reckon that's ever going to happen with Queensland? Look, I know it was back in the, the old, when we had uh, Sir Joe, and I, <laughs> I think he was pushing for it back yeah. then, old Sir Joe. He said, you know, uh, Queenslanders, we don't need to be mixing with other, uh, other Australians. And uh, I think he was kind of pushing for it there. But uh, look, I'd be happy enough with it was, and I think we'd probably still go ride in the Olympics with all our good swimmers, but uh, yeah, we mightn't see it in our lifetime, though. Yeah, we might, we might not. I, I certainly hope that we don't, because uh, Australia's rugby league team is going to really struggle without all those Queenslanders um, and Greg Ingalls. Uh, buddy, we've got to talk about um, DG. He's gone. It was the big story uh, 24 hours ago. Um, I've had a little chat with uh, DC about what he's done over his uh, last 10 years, Budman. Really, with you, I want to grab one comment that was made by um, John Grant, and he called the administration under David Gallup reactive. It was it a fair or foul comment? Oh, look, it, it's probably probably fair enough, was, but you know, to to a point where, but a lot of the stuff that went on, particularly in the, you know, uh, I think the last twelve months has probably been some of his easy twelve months. He, he had no option but to react because there was always there was always said to be a saga going on, so. Yeah, it, it is probably pretty fair, but look, in a, in a trying job, I think he he done a pretty pretty good job. It's a pass mark from me, anyway. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, he, he who did he succeed? He succeeded. Was it Neil Whitaker? Was that the one that was before him? No, David Moffat. Uh, David Moffat. Yeah, Moffat, yeah. So we had Moffat and Whitaker, who, let's be honest, were well, Moffat was pretty forgettable. I think he was the one that introduced um, What a Game with Tom Jones, didn't he? I think that was his uh, claim to fame. <laughs> um, and then he went on a bicycle ride through Europe. Um, then we had Whitaker, who was presiding over the whole um, uh, ARL Super League uh, get-back-together kind of deal. Um, he did a serviceable job. Um, he was always one of those guys that he got the impression that you know he was there for a short time, but he didn't really seem like a person that was going to be there long term. No, he, yeah, I think he was only ever just a band-aid to, to come in and, and do a job and um, and then he passed the baton over to uh, to young David. Yeah, and then we've got, um before that, we've got the old firm, Arthurson and Quayle. Now, you're old enough, as well as I am, mate, to remember those days and remember the heights that Rugby League was getting to. I know that that stupid thing called Super League came in and I know it had some merit at different stages in its thingo, but 
Matt, let's take ourselves back to those uh, early 90s as the game really gets underway. Do you think the game can ever get to that level again where it seemed really very innocent and, and it had a very bright future? The game was always going to be driven by the players um, and the performances on the field. I, I'm a jaded individual after what has it been, 15 years since then or, or so. Do you think the game can ever get to a point where... I guess the self-interest level ever goes out of the game. We we start enjoying rugby league again for what it is. No, no, was well, I don't think it, even if Super League had a car, I think you know Super League was a, a you know it, no doubt there was a lot of damage from Super League, and, and I think we would have lost that. I guess the word innocence anyway. Yeah. I, I just think it's in in the day and age that we live that, and what we grew up loving as a game. I, I think that the innocence has gone out of then. And it's not a sport anymore, it's a business, and, and that's yeah. how it's got to be run, to, yeah. to compete. But, yeah, you know, one of the casualties of that is the, the innocence, and, and it's not just about the game anymore. Okay, well, that's, it's a good point that you bring up there. It can take us to the next level. Um, lots of names have been bandied around. I think I've got a, a list here somewhere as I, as I read around the paper. I'm reading the Herald from today, boy, boys and girls. Um, it's given me all the little uh, background on the things that he did when I was speaking to DC, but the Herald always a good read. But he... There's a couple of names going around there. Shane Matiski is the guy who's taking over in the short term. He was the basically the director of strategy at the NRL um, in the lead-up to this. He'll only take over probably for... And he was a scout too, wasn't he? was, I think. <laughs> he was. You, I think he just up with the scout. Mate, you, you did the same Google search I did. Yeah. yeah first first thing on the Google uh, search, everybody, was um, Shane Matiski from scouts.com.au, which I thought was a rather interesting. Now, a couple of the names that have been thrown up this is what I want to get your opinion on, uh, Matty Duncan. The next in line, these are the contenders according to Chris Barrett from the Herald. Todd Greenberg, the current Bulldogs boss. Yes or no? I, I prefer no. I know he's got a lot of sports, but he's a bit of too much of a yes man for mine. Uh, Warren Wilson, who I'm sure some people know and some people don't. Uh, I'll give you a quick rundown of who he is. He's the ex-Tab Limited and Sky Channel Chief. Uh, he's the head of the Panthers group. Uh, and apparently just missed out on a spot on the ARL Commission. Yeah, familiar with him, and yeah, I'd, uh, I'd give him a tick, most definitely. Okay, well, that's what we wanted to hear. Quick, Can you give us a quick um, thoughts on why he'd be a good addition? Oh, just, I just, he's a, a visionary, you know, and, and not, a, not a yes man, which sometimes I think you really need it in this position. You're not going to be popular, and, and I think the, the problem sometimes with these these positions is if you can be too popular for your own good. It's not till some of our great leaders, until we're finished, they're sometimes some of the most hated that we see, and it's not yep. till we finish and look back on what they've done to realise that, oh, gee, they, they did a good job. So he's a real visionary. Uh, um, so, yeah, look, I, I think we need a the good mix of business and, and, and with a real passion of league and, and he ticks enough boxes there for mine. Now, Ray Rabbit Warren apparently suggested John Quayle should get for it. Uh, I think he's about 98 years old at the moment, uh, Johnny Quayle. But he, he's one of those guys I think you're speaking of um, who you view a certain way when they're in charge of the game, even Ken Arthurson. I know north of the border they weren't your favourite people. No, definitely not. Well, Arco, yeah... Well, particularly Quail, but yeah, Quail and the Broncos seem to always have a have a running battle. But look, you know, at, at the time, 
like I said, the decisions weren't always popular, but uh, the game was in, in pretty good fold. So someone along those lines, but um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, he'd be a bit longer than the yeah, now. He, he won't. He's already ruled himself out. Uh, then there's the Matiski fellow, uh, the scout, uh, the lone scout, or we're going to call him now. Um, he uh, was an accountant. He's been, as I said, part of the administration for a number of years, um, but he's only taking the job temporarily. Now, are there any other names that you have heard that have, have got any basis at all? Oh, I've heard Remo's name uh, thrown up, but I think that was more of a stir than anything. I don't <laughs> think that can happen. Uh, another one who is a, considered a very good administrator, but uh, whether or not... Yeah, I, I think there's too much of a black mark against his name. But uh, other than that, was I, I really haven't heard any other names thrown around. I'll throw this one out, and it's already been done in a couple of circles, and I think it's the biggest chance if they're going to promote from what we definitely already know about, uh, apart from maybe Wilson, and that is John Grant himself. Um, he knows a bit. He's been across everything the last six or seven months, and probably even before then, he probably knew he had that role um, a long time ago. Apparently, he's been very involved in, in how it all worked with the RLC. He wants to do know this information. Now, his biggest decision he'd have to make is he'd have to uh, basically walk away from his um, job. I think he's on the board of an IT company or something. But, um, look, I could, I, I've actually met that bloke. I uh, had a very s- small conversation with him. But the thing that struck me about him is that he's actually interested in people. Um, yep. uh, and that, to me, is a very important thing. You're not putting yourself outside of the, the, the sphere a little bit. Um, and if he's willing to do that, I mean, he, don't get me wrong, to be in this job, you've got to make that, make decisions, and I think that's one of the, the things that I give him a tick for is that he's made this decision about David Gallup, and I think it's a proactive decision. I don't think it's a Ricky Ponting-esque reactive decision in the field in the Ashes, um, which is what uh, Gallup was fantastic at. Um, I think he's made the right call, um, whether it's him, whether it's somebody else, but uh, this is the kind of thing that I want to see from leadership. If, if you've decided that the last 10 years... Gallup's been working under a system, and I said this for DC, is that has been really hamstrung from the start. There was no way Gallup was going to be able to really take over the, the ARLC in its next phase because uh, he's operated under a certain way for, for 10 years. If Grant's willing to do something like this, as drastic as this, then I'm banking that whether it's him or somebody else, he's going to make sure the right person's in the job. Yeah, well, if he can, maybe, like, I, I'd, I'd say he'll probably be happy enough doing that. Commissioner type role, but if he, you know, if he can handpick someone in his own mould, uh, you'd, you'd be more than happy with it. Now, the question, mate, that everyone wants to hear is your suggestion for the gallop. The gallop needs a job. Yeah, well, I, I had a bit of a thought once, and you know, with the name, surely he's got to, you know, maybe get a job at Rose Hill or something. <laughs> exactly what I thought you'd do. Exclusive, breaking, developing, official. Delicious. I didn't yeah. use it myself because I knew you'd go down that road. Um, I don't know, into breeding or something like that. Gallop stable. Breeding, or... yeah. Too tall to be a jockey, but maybe you can, you know, take out a horse training license or become a bookmaker <laughs> or something along those lines. The other lines. suggestion that I had was a um, glass model, like, you know, those uh, spectacles, you know, because he always breaks out a new pair of spectacles for all the big announcements. I don't know. Is there a, you know, I know George Costanza was a hand model in Seinfeld for a while there. Uh, maybe as a, a glass model. He's got one of those heads that just fits fits spectacles Get beautifully. Get a job at Specsavers or something like that. Yeah, the that head of APSM, maybe. something like that. I mean, he's, he's got he's, he's flexible. He's, he's he's manoeuvrable. He can he can be pulled in many directions at once and come up with a, a decent call. So I think uh, DG, we want you to end up um, finding your your true love, mate. And uh, maybe that is uh, down at the track, uh, buddy. We have to talk about the state of origin because the Dave Gallup thing has basically hijacked the whole show with uh, the other two fellows. Uh, I did chat a bit about 
um, Origin 2 with that man, Mac Nicanor. Do you remember him? Uh, I've heard of him was, but uh, a bit like the Bigfoot for mine. You know, you hear about <laughs> him, but I haven't seen him for a long time. Yeah, I thought I had a, a crossed uh, wire or crossed line earlier on when I thought I was speaking to you, and all of a sudden he came on. I don't know what's going on there. But, buddy, Origin 2, the Blues, they've made one force change, one unforced change. Um, what Mo can't even last through a game. So can someone explain to me how he's going to play Origin fit? Yeah, look, well, maybe the wind helped him out there. I don't know. But uh, look, fully fit. He's, he's a perfect fit for New South Wales. But yeah, there's got to be a question mark there on the fitness, surely. Um, he might play 20 minutes. He might give a, a good account of himself in that time. But um, the concern is he didn't last the whole game against uh, the Dragons last week. Um, I'm worried about him. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen there. And the other selection that obviously comes in, is Tim Grant up front. Uh, I have already discussed the, t- the Aaron Woods snubbing again, and even Keith Galloway would agree. I like Tim Grant. I think he would have been there in game, he, he would have been there in game one, but are you happy that Aaron Woods hasn't been given a crack? Oh, no, look, I'm, I'm a big rap on, on Tim Grant. Was. I, I really rate him, and, and you know, as a Queensland fan, I'd, I'd prefer you hadn't, him, hadn't picked him. Yep. Woods, look, is a good player, but he's one of those that, yeah... You just don't know if he's... I, I think he... I'd want to see another season before you throw him into that, that origin pit. You know, if he's get like 2-0, you, you, you get him in the game three and yep. give him the experience. But, look, I really rate him, Grant, and I, I think it's a, a good pick for New South Wales. Now, we're going to talk about tactics a bit for this uh, little segment here. And, mate, my concern is I thought the strength of the Blues in game number one was our back row. And I'm not sure moving Paul Gallon to lock forward is actually a move forward. Yeah, well, I, I found it really interesting. You know, they I, I picked a team to, to run Queensland off their feet in that first game. They didn't execute it perfectly. I, I thought they could could have done it better. I, I would have gone, gone with the same tactic. Yep, so Luke Lewis comes off the bench now. And again, this is the question I had in game one. Where the heck do you get the minutes from? Because Glenn Stewart played 80 in game one. Greg Bird played, I think, 60. Um, Gallon, as we know, plays 80. Um, there's about 20 minutes sitting there on the bench there. Well, it's sitting there for the bench players, uh, Lewis, Cray and Watmo. How are they going to get in the field? Yeah, well, and they're, they're workers too, aren't they? Well, as well, maybe Watmo can have that little bit more impact. But, uh, yeah, you, you've got to go for that high impact if, you, if you've got your minutes men starting again. Uh, so I, I don't know what's going there. Having said that, I think, you know, at the moment you got rid of Bureau, the team was always going to improve. You get a piece that you can use. Um, although I think you probably see Ben Cray play about 10 minutes in game number two. Uh, as for your blokes, uh, what's the latest on Matt Scott, mate? Oh, there's uh, really was. Well, I don't know. I'm hearing too that some saying he'll, he'll definitely he'll definitely play. Others saying no. It, it looks highly unlikely at this stage. So oh, look, well, I know it from the fence, but yeah, I haven't had a a push one way or the other. So uh, thoughts are with him, though. Yeah, I have, absolutely. I think that you know, from a yeah, we, we send our prayers and best wishes to his family. And, and you really, as, as I said earlier on, really the only way you'd think that he wouldn't play is if um, his mother took a turn for the worse, um, which is obviously not what we hope for at all. Um, Corey Parker's travelling with the team at the moment. Uh, he is 18th man. Uh, there's conflicting reports, but I would have thought common sense says the only way he doesn't play for the Broncos on Sunday is if Matt Scott pulls out on Saturday, surely. Well, that's, that's how I understand it was. Um, and uh, I did hear Trad McLean speak, and he said that earlier. But uh, I have heard, too, that he, he won't play. So I don't, I don't know on, on the conflicting report, but uh, Trad McLean's a media man at the Bronx, so it's probably the way to go. You'd hope, he, you'd hope he'd know what's going on. 
Um, look, I, I, if you worry about that aspect, of, if you're a Broncos fan or whatever, Corey Parker, expect him to play on the weekend, unless there is an announcement from uh, Matt Scott earlier. Um, ben Barber, 19th man, good move? Oh, look, I, I like it was, yeah. And, um, well, that 18th man type scenario, 19th man, is, you know, that Queensland have used it over the last couple of years just to give those those fringe players a, a bit of a look and a bit of feel of the camp. Look, and, and to let those guys know, look, you're still in there, you know, you're not that far off, keep doing what you're doing. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a really nice move. Now, tactics, mate. You watched game number one. You saw it in New South Wales, tried to do, didn't try to do. If you're Queensland... How do you change up your game plan for game number two? Is there any particular area that you target? Well, how, what's the weather report was like? Um, have, have you, I believe there's been a lot of rain in Sydney. In yeah, the last... this, uh, we had winds, unbelievable winds last night. Uh, a bit more today, uh, but not much at the, at the moment. Um, I can tell you that we're supposed to have a couple more days of rain. I don't know what the, the long-term forecast is. Um, I imagine it'll be uh, the, the, the grounds, unless it gets probably three or four days of really good sun, uh, even though, even if it does, there'll be a night track uh, due on the field. I, I don't expect it to be uh, really conducive to really open football, that's for sure. Yeah, well, it, it will be interesting. I, you know, if it is wet, I, I think Queensland will revert just to a big fashion barge game. They'll, yeah. they'll just try and roll, roll the game with those big forwards all night. And um, I, I think, look, I... I I wouldn't like to see, but I think that's what Queensland will do if uh, in the wet. But uh, it will be interesting and come down to that weather forecast. Now, the other one I wanted to ask you was, Matt Gillette's performance for the Broncos in the weekend, is that a bit of a worry from a Queensland perform- point of view? Yeah, his last couple of weeks was. Um, he's, oh, I think it's a, it's a mix of, of two things. Not His form's a little bit down, but mm. I, I think... You know, we've got to give credit to some opposition coaches who who know what he's been doing, trying to do with some of those big hits. So yeah. I, I think they've worked him out a bit in, in defence as well, and 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 exploited a few of his weaknesses. So yeah, it is a bit of a concern. But um, he is one of those freakish players. If his confidence is up, he, he can be brilliant on a night. So it'll depend how when he comes off the bench, what he does early, and um, if he does something good early, well, watch out. But if he's bad, look. It, it, it could be uh, nervous times for our Queenslanders. I've got a theory on how the Blues should play, and it's not completely radical, but look, I know Brent Tate was great under the high ball in game number one. I know Slater made a couple of errors. I know we didn't really kick to Darius Boyd. If it's at all wet in those kind of conditions, I reckon Brent Tate's got errors in him. Uh, I know that he was great last match, but I don't think New South Wales should think about going away from that tactic in game number two. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I've I seen the interview, um, Queensland were in, in Artie Beetson and Darren Lockyer's hometown today, Roma, the yeah. huge turnout, and the, and the question was actually, and, and Tatey has said, oh, he expects more to, he said he had a good game under the high ball, but he expects more to come his way um, next Wednesday night, so yeah, look, I'd, uh, there's definitely a question mark over him, of those back three, I know Slater and Boyd did make the mistakes, but he's the most suspect under the high ball, there's no doubt about it. Flip the side of that is that Kelly Uate is currently playing uh, terrible rugby league. So, a uh, simple game plan for Queensland is just go to that uh, right side of New South Wales. Yeah, well, uh, JT exploited it beautifully the other time. So, uh, if it ain't broke, well, if it's broke from New South Wales, exploit it. Yeah, uh, finally, uh, Jared Hayne. I still can't believe everyone's been giving him absolute garbage for the last couple of years. Uh, game changer. If he can float a little bit more in game number two, maybe. Brett Stewart play a couple of sets on the wing. Um, he will be 
the player that obviously with a guy called Todd Carney, who has to play up uh, big time from how he played last start. And you'd expect you don't him want be... him to play up, was not play up. He's <laughs> known to play up. But you'd uh, you'd expect uh, Todd Carney to be better player game too, mate. Oh, he's got to improve. Well, he, he was very nervous that game one, and, and he's a quality player, so um, he'll definitely improve for the run. I'd say, and, and like you said, Hayne, oh, I said it before game one. He's been New South Wales best over the last couple of series as a Queenslander. I fear him because he he is a freak. Okay, let's go away from Origin, mate. Uh, quick tip: obviously, you're taking Queensland. Queensland, yeah, I'll uh, take Queensland. Went easy. I'll take New South Wales because I desperately want a game three this year that has a little bit of. Something, something about it. Last year, I still felt like Queensland was probably going to win, but I, I declared New South Wales 2-1 victors and uh, foolishly stuck with that. I'd love to see game uh, three forced as a decider. Um, the Blues and the Maroons, ANZ next Wednesday night. Mate, we have to announce one bit of news. Sikamano has signed with the Penrith Panthers. Thoughts on that? Oh, good, good solid timing for Penrith. Not a... Um... Uh, super, but I, I think he'll complement their pack well. You know, they've got some of those real good workhorses. I, I think it gives them a bit of uh, real bit of sting to that pack. Yeah, I like the signing as well. Well done to Penrith, finally making some uh, changes to that roster that were needed. And he's the kind of player going to be injured sometimes, but if you get him fit, get him firing, he'll make some uh, real inroads there. Sire, uh, I have news. And what sort of news do you have? Not bad news, is it? You know I can't take bad news. The day started out so good. Had a good night's sleep. Had a good BM. I don't want to hear any bad news. Now, what type of news is it? Well, to be perfectly frank, it's bad. Let's go to round number 14, buddy. Quick look at the markets. Uh, West Tigers, $1.47. Melbourne Storm, two seventy-five. And you get plus six with the Melbourne Storm. Who do you like, mate? Oh, it's one of these weeks, was it? It's a toss of the coin in a lot of these games. Um... Look, I just think the Storm, Bellamy's, uh, you know, they've got, they're missing some key players, but, yeah, Bellamy's a great coach. I, I think they can hold the West Tigers out. I can't pick a team that's got Maurice Blair and Rory Cross Jason in your half, so I'm taking the Tigers. Um, I can tell you everybody that Maria and GT have... Uh, Maria's taken the Tigers and uh, GT has taken the Storm as well. Then we have the uh, Battle of the Bustards, Knights and Raiders. The Raiders are 267 outsiders on a nice little uh, school camp up to uh, the Central Coast of New South Wales and the Newcastle Knights of $1.50, plus six for the Raiders, mate. Yeah, was well, Whatever you do, don't give me player of the year votes on this game, please. This, <laughs> this is the worst game of the year. Look, uh, I'm going with the Knights on the fact that they gave the Broncos a bit of a scare last week, whereas Raiders gave nothing, so... That's that's the only science there. We get to see a bit of gay guy as well, though, mate. He's, he's making his debut after getting yeah, mate, the very happy for, for Dane. Like as we know, he had his problem with the Broncos. Spent some time with the Dolphins. His attitude with the Dolphins was, was brilliant after you know what happened with the Broncos. Spoken very highly of the Redcliffe. I rate him. I if he can get his attitude right. And look, it wasn't you know it wasn't Todd Carney's type yeah. of behaviour. It was just probably. Probably more like Matt Gillette early in his career before he made NRL. Probably just didn't see NRL as his career. Look, the kid can play. He's a future international. If he can switch it on, good to see him uh, get, a, get a start at Newcastle. Yeah, look, I think that there's a big... I mean, obviously, the camera's made no changes, really, out of their team, but there's a big loss for the Raiders in any way they might have improved. And that's Sean Berrigan hurting his, pectri- uh, his bicep. Apparently, it's only a four-week injury, but the moment he's out, Canberra playing uh, Travis Woodell and Matt McIlrick in the um, hooker role. Perfect opportunity if they wanted to. 
to play McCrone at hooker. I think you might actually see some of that in the weekend. Um, but having said it all, I can't pick Canberra. I can't pick him on the road. Although, Matty Duncan, when you listen to the podcast, has a bit of a nugget of information in there, mate. So I'd be jumping on at 11pm tonight and having a listen to an exclusive from Eyes. And it's a legitimate exclusive. Um, and you just have to wait for that, mate. Eyes uh, always has a good mail. I can't wait, mate. I'll, I'll set the alarm for 11 o'clock to download. Uh, very good. I'm taking the nights as well. Can't pick Canberra. Uh, Sharks and the Titans. $1.70 for the Sharks and two fifteen for the Titans. Plus two and a half for Gold Coast, minus Miles, Bird, Bailey, and uh, Harrison. Yeah, lots, lots of outs there. Like, um, and Sharks missing a few key players. Shame for the Titans because I, I think they've got some, you know, a bit of momentum. You know, a couple of them have been playing some, some solid. Yeah, they've been right. Some, their, their defense has been excellent. Look, some really big outs, but I, I've just got a feeling that. You know, those couple of wins, confidence might be high. I very rarely tip the Titans, but I'm going with them this week. Can't do it. Said I wouldn't tip them the rest of the year. I'm sticking to it. Like, you just, I can't touch them. I'm the only person on this whole panel that's going with the Sharks. Um, well, I'm GT is as well, I'm afraid. But, uh, yeah, look, Titans, without those four players, can't do it. Uh, Maria has taken the Titans, and GT's taken the Sharks. On the other game, both of them took the Newcastle Knights. Roosters and the Broncos, mate, this one's... Going to be in front of about eight thousand people at Alien Stadium on Sunday. Dollar seventy for the Roosters, two fifteen for the Broncos, plus two and a half for the Broncos. I love your Brisbane Broncos this week, mate. Yeah, I, I, I think they look good too. Well, it's still a good lineup, even with those those key outs. Uh, young Lachlan Maranta making his debut. He's a, he's a talented player. Probably twelve months off. I, I think where he, you know, before being an actual. Uh, NRL quality, but he'll, he'll do the job required of him on the weekend. The son of uh, grandson of the former boss of the Broncos, Barry Maranta. Yep. Um, yeah, look, I, I think they'll go well. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's one big out for the Roosters, and that's uh, Mitchell Pearce. Uh, Mortimer's actually played all right the last couple of weeks. Um, get to see more Tautau and Mogatron, but I, I just think the Broncos have got enough pieces it's still in play, and it's really going to come down to how well your bench maintains the rage, mate. Nick Sliney gets a run. Yeah, Nick gets a run, um, which which is good. Been in good form for the um, for the Dolphins, so hopefully he gets uh, a few more minutes than his debut game because that's where he comes into his own. He's a, he's a minutes player, not a not a high impact player like Dave Harler. So uh, yep, hopefully the the, the bench can, uh, like you said, maintain the rage. Okay, and then finally the Panthers and the Warriors. Penrith two eighty at home uh, after some pretty good form against the Warriors, who have lost two straight. Dollar forty six for the New Zealand Warriors, and you get plus six and a half for the Panthers. What are your thoughts here, mate? They kill me always, was I just, <laughs> I just like the Penrith offer offer. They've been a bit okay for. I just, I want to see them string a few together. This is two games, Penrith and the Warriors. They've killed me all year, both these teams. But uh, look, I'll give those Kiwis one more chance. Yeah, I'll pick the the Warriors. Uh, Kevin Lock being back is a, is a biggie. Uh, for them, so I will stick with the Warriors to win on Monday Night Football. So we go to Fried Rice, mate. Uh, Nick has taken the Warriors. DC has taken the Knights. I can tell you that Maria has taken the Tigers. GT has taken the Storm. You have probably the Broncos. The Bronx. I get the Bronx. Got to be happy with that. Uh, that's, a, that's a great result. And that leaves me with the Sharkettes as my Fried Rice with the sixth selection. So luckily. We once again avoided that uh, five games into six Pride Rice selections trap for young players. Um, mate, we've got to finish up with um, a quick look at uh, the fact that 
I think next week we probably won't have a prediction show for game number two, simply because all the interest is in game number one. No one really cares about game number two, do they? No, not really, Was And no. like, besides, you have to get, run away and uh, start celebrating uh, Queenslander Day, mate. What do you do on Queenslander Day? Any, anything? Oh, we have some pumpkin scones, Was, and uh, we just all, we're all in Maroon today, which is good. Right, so, right uh, down to the uh, underderps, mate. What's that, sorry, mate? Right down to the underderps. Oh, yeah, mate, it's got to be all maroon, everything, a whole lot. So we've got them on. Um, not outside, not Superman style, but they all look good. And uh, we all go and worship the King Statue at Lang Park and um, and have a banana or two. Oh, fantastic. Mate, I've got to ask you one last question. I left it till now because I forgot about it a little bit earlier. But we were talking earlier about the reactive nature that the NRL's been run and we're looking at proactive ideas for the next 12 months. Can you explain to me how... Rugby League doesn't have a day game on the Queen's birthday long weekend. Exclusive, breaking, developing, official, delicious. No, I was uh, injured. I, I thought that myself earlier that um, earlier in the week actually when I was going through the draw, I thought, geez, a, a golden opportunity missed there by uh, by the NRL not to have a day game. You know, not you know you get the perfect Monday to. To set up and no. have a two o'clock or three o'clock game, and you can have your Monday night football as well. There's no reason you don't have to. You don't have to move the Monday night game. You can just move one of the weekend matches. And the thing that bugs me the most is that this is the kind of thing they should, the clubs should be lining up for. Holiday week, holiday Monday, you should be saying, "I want to play." I don't know Brisbane versus somebody else every single Queen's birthday long weekend. I, I, I really think the NRL and clubs have missed a trick here. I, I can't believe I didn't think of it last year. Yeah, I, I agree. Was yeah, you, you know, we see the AFL do it well, and we, you know, we've seen that Anzac Day clash in in the NRL. It's become a real fixture. Um, look, there's a real opportunity for to, to make it a rivalry type game. Um, get to it, was put in your application for this Gallup's job, and, and let's make this happen in 2013. Well, mate, if uh, if I listen to um, DC Chapman and his suggestion for the Gallup needs a job, he wants David Gallup flipping burgers at McDonald's, mate. Not a Gallup fan. Uh, apparently not. Um, yeah, that's not the footy show, everybody. I've been Warwick Nicholson. That's been Maddie Duncan. You can reach us at Twitter. He's at Mr. Peninsula. I'm at NRL Tweet. Check out wdnicholson.com for all your previews of the weekend. And, buddy, uh, that's not the footy show, episode 110. Uh, any final words for us luckless New South Welshmen who don't get to celebrate Queensland today? Just happy Queensland Day, everyone. That's all I can say. Very good. Sports Fever's on uh, every Thursday, mate. Quick, quick uh, plug for tomorrow's show. Yeah, it was a good show tomorrow, uh, talking some local basketball, also some local rugby league, and the, the biggest race in uh, Queensland horse racing on this Saturday will be talking uh, straight break handicap with one of the trainers, Jason McLaughlin. Early tip, mate. What's that, Terry, mate? Early tip early from tip, Early tip. Oh, I think uh, C. Siren will win the, the straight break for all the punters out there. Wouldn't Kenny Callender love to have to count, say his name uh... I'm C. Siren yes. from Son of Sam and Thetathene. All right, everybody, that's C. been C. not the finish. <laughs> I've been Warren Nicholson, that's been me, Duncan. Uh, grab us at iTunes if you already listened to, or give us a rating. Love to hear from you. See you next week. Go New South Wales. When a man from the right comes in third to a fight, that's Sassai Day. That's Sassai Day. That's Sassai Day. My recipe's always been a simple one. Two old beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Just go away now.
I've had a gut full of you the whole game. Oh, I see. You've been sleeping over there.